we're glad you're here. I'm Mike. And I'm Colleen. And if you're new with us for the first time, welcome. If you haven't been in a while, welcome back. Uh, we're just really excited to be here and to do something a little different. Now, uh, before we jump in, I wanted to say that last week we announced we're moving as a church. We're, we're no longer going to meet at the community center on Sunday mornings. We're going to meet at the high school. Same parking lot, just a different entrance at a different building. But you'll go there still on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. And, uh, and we'll be there starting next Sunday. So make sure you come out next Sunday to the high school little theater. And we got kids spaces. We're going to figure out how to set those up on Saturday morning. And it's going to be great, don't you think? I think so. That was unprompted, and you were like clearly like not ready for that. Like, and he always has more energy than I me. do. It's true. <laughs> but anyways, I'm glad you're here. We are a church that wants to lead with love and extend extra grace to all. And and ultimately, we exist to help people like us, like you, do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. And we do want this community to be a safe place, a safe community for you to explore Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, faith, and what that might look like for you, for your family, for your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. Uh, and we want to create that space here even today. And today we are finishing up our series, Lies We Believe. And today we are talking about the church and lies we believe about the church. So we're going to ask ourselves this morning, what lies, what half-truths, what misconceptions do we believe about the church? And this summer, man, I'm so excited we get to share this story because this summer we were able to celebrate Dave and Casey and their wedding. Can you give a little, give a little wave, Dave? Dave's over here. There's there Dave he is. drinking <laughs> sippers coffee. There's Dave and Casey. We got to celebrate their wedding way up north in basically Michigan and it was just such a beautiful special day and if you haven't gotten to know them yet I would encourage you to they are just awesome and their story they're going to share a little bit on the monitor today their story might not be what you think and they recently shared about a church hurt that they had and a, a mistrust so let's check it out I'm Casey Shack. I am Dave Shack. And well, we're both teachers at the Oak Creek, um, Oak Creek High School, and we just got married this summer. We found this church in Oshkosh. Um, it was non-denominational, and that just kind of seemed right for us. And because uh, I had the experience with Catholic churches growing up, and it just wasn't for me. And I kind of expressed that to Casey and. Uh, you've gone to church with your grandma, right? And that was a Catholic also, church, yeah. and you kind of agreed to that it just uh, didn't seem quite right. And so, yeah, we explored the closest non-denominational church, uh, and we honestly, we fell in love with it right away. Like, it didn't take long. Like, it, we felt every message was mm -hmm. so relevant to, like, your everyday life. We got real close with the co-pastor pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I think it just took a few weeks in till kind of felt like, okay, like, this is what I want to live for. Like, this is the the way, the truth, the life. And yeah. uh, it didn't take long, yeah. That's definitely where we both found faith is at that church in Oshkosh. We uh, started serving at that church, and we were working in kids, and we were having a really good time with that. We were building relationships throughout the church. We were getting closer with, like, the lead people. Um, and it was awesome. And then we got engaged that February. Um, and we were so excited because we're engaged. Like, this is super new. We're excited to get married. Um, we knew that we weren't going to get married for, like, 
it was like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like two and a half years, so we knew we had time. Um, but we were so excited, we wanted to tell our pastor. So he's like, oh, that's awesome. Like, let's schedule a time to talk. We scheduled that time, and we went in, and then things kind of went downhill. Uh, and one of the first things he says, I remember, he says something like, now, a lot of times nowadays, you see a lot of people who, when they get engaged, uh, they start living together. And I just want to make sure you guys do this the right way. And I said, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Like, we weren't there to lie. Like, we do live together. Um, it just worked out with this and that and that. Um, and he's like, ooh. And he, he like, kind of took a seat back. And he's like, okay. Casey and I are, like, looking at each other. And we're it's like... It's like he just knew that he had to break the news to us yeah. somehow that, like... I can't marry you then. Yeah, yeah. He, he started saying, uh, I can get this Bible out and I can start showing you why that's not okay. And he started like talking through situations. Like we could have Casey stay at that house you're in. Dave, I could have you come live with me. Or he was saying like, we can go to the courthouse. We can have a wedding here at this yeah. church. Like immediately we can do all these things. And we were just like, this isn't how we wanted it. It was just a lot, and really, uh, at the time, it just broke our heart, really. Yeah, like, we, we, we were, were crying in there. Uh -huh. We it, were really upset. Um, we made an email to the pastor, and we were like, this is how we feel, like, this is what we're doing, and I'm sorry that this is how it has to be. And it was a long email, like, very... <laughs> I typed it out, tears on the keyboard like, and all. Like and a very like long... lengthy yeah. email. Yeah, yeah. And... We got a response back, like, I think a couple days later. Sorry to hear that or something. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, I'm sorry to hear that. And that was it. That was the last we've ever heard. It was just unfortunate because after that, living in Oshkosh, we never did find another church. I didn't feel 100% confident that God wasn't like that at the time. Uh, because, again, I was a believer for, like, just about a year. And it, it was. It was hard. It was lots of thoughts going through the head, uh, just like... Am I really letting him down? Or as the pastor said, uh, you're going to be walking in sin for the next two and a half years until you get married. And like, I couldn't stop hearing that. Like, am, am I really? Are we really? Like, we don't want to yeah. be doing that. That's like, not our intentions, obviously. Like, we were thinking, like, what do we need to do to, like, prove that we're not doing this? Or, like, what, what do we need to do now? And, like, what do we need to do extra? Like, how can we prove ourselves? And, like, that's... Like, I feel like you shouldn't have to prove anything. Hey, can we just thank Dave and Casey for sharing their story? Um, you know, their story, it, it might feel similar in some ways. Maybe you've had that exact same experience with church. Uh, you've been told you're doing life wrong. And that's always hard to hear. Um, maybe you've had a similar experience, though, with, with how you felt, right? Maybe you felt let down. You felt hurt, you felt corrected, uh, you felt angry, um, deceived, tricked, lied to. I mean, there's a number of ways that you could have felt, or, or maybe you don't feel any of those things. Maybe you've gone into a church before and you felt like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, I'm not put together enough. I don't play it right. Like, I don't look right. Maybe you come into a church community or a setting and you, you just feel like, I can't keep my language under control for long enough. 
because I like to use words that maybe wouldn't be as acceptable in a church setting. You might have bad memories, bad experiences. You might even call it trauma. And maybe you're here this morning and you're just kind of ready to give up on religion, on church, on finding a community. Honestly, maybe you have already. And no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're here today because there are lies that we, you've believed about the church. And ultimately, the lie that we believe is that we have to be someone or something that we're not. We believe the lie that we have to be something that we're not in order to be in that space. Whether we're visiting, attending, or intimately connected in a church, we believe this lie that we have to put on a front, you know, make it like that social media worthy person to be there. And maybe you've even been told that. You have to do that. And that's that's where we come to this place of saying like, we've, we've probably all had bad experiences with a Christian or with a church. We can, we can probably name them. And maybe you're here today, like Colleen said, feeling that way. I'm really glad you're here. Like this is the right space for you. Luke gives us a picture of, of what a church should look like, right? Because so many of us, we could say a church shouldn't look like that. Luke gives us a picture in Acts of what a church should look like. And in, in, in Acts 2, 42 through 47, he says, they, these first church believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Like, that's it. That, that, those are like the four main things, the four essentials of what a church should be about. Teaching. There should be teaching that's, that's helping you to do life different. And, and it's not just any teaching. It's a teaching that draws you close to, to Jesus. It's a teaching that comes from this deep connection to the Father. Fellowship, it's a fancy way of saying they had shared experiences together. Like they were doing life together. Breaking of bread. Now, a lot of times we think of breaking as bread as like, I'm going to have a meal. I'm going to somebody's house. I'm going to share in this dinner with them. And that's great. But this type of breaking of bread is, it's a uniting meal around the body and the blood of Jesus. They were united together because of Jesus. And they were sharing in that meal at that table together. And then lastly, they were about prayer. They were about those meaningful moments with Jesus, those connections with the Father where they said, we're here to have a deeper connection. We're here to hear from God. Now, that's what the church should be about. And, and so we know from Luke, like that's what the church should be about. And and maybe we've sensed that the church is about anything but those things. Maybe that's been your experience. We're not a perfect church by any means, uh, but our hope is to be most focused on these things. And we know, based on what Luke continues to say, that, that when a church is most focused on these things, he says here in verse 43, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together 
in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we know that when a church is focused on those four things, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers, that what others see are these wonders and signs that represent God's goodness. They see a deep connection, an authentic relationship, the taking care of each other that extends beyond quote-unquote normal. They see best friends, people doing life together. And ultimately, what they see in a church that's focused on those four essentials are the blessings of God. And when you see the blessings of God, when people out there see the blessings of God, they say, I want to be a part of that place. And God will add them to the community daily. And many of you, I know I do, many of you long for that community that's real, that's genuine, that's authentic, where there's no fear of being judged, where there's care and true kindness for each other. But you've seen or been a part of communities where honestly you just feel alone or burned out. Maybe the Christians you know haven't always made the best impression. And part of the reason we believe the lie that we have to be something that we're not is that some churches, some Christians tell us we have to. So sometimes we believe that lie because we've been told you have to be different to come in these doors. And then sometimes because of this lie, we walk into church and we expect everything to be perfect. We expect everyone in the doors to be perfect. We expect everyone up front to be perfect. And instead, we meet complete imperfection. The church will be better when imperfect people acknowledge their imperfections. And I think all of us here... We long for a deeper connection with a church. Not a building, not a place we go, but a church. A community of people that are real, that are genuine, that are authentic. That care deeply for one another. Now, if if you're part of 1128, if you call this your church, we can kind of rewrite that. We can point back to Jesus and say like, we're imperfect, but Jesus is perfect. And because of that, we are going to be able to love and make a real difference. And if you're here today and and you're kind of timid about being here with us, like I said, I'm so glad you're here because we want to show you our imperfections and say it's okay to be imperfect. Ultimately, Jesus says like, If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're burned out, if you're imperfect, come with me, get away with me, and I'll teach you how to do life different. That's where we get our name, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It's this invitation to step out of of all the pressure of being something you're not, being someone you're not, trusting Jesus in a new way. Today, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to say yes to doing life with Jesus. To to not have to worry about being perfect. To allow Jesus to change you from the inside. And if you're here today and, and you're like, I've got that relationship, 
I invite you to step into more. I invite you to, to let go of that expectation that you carry around of, of having to be something that you're not. Jesus knows who you are already, so let down your guard when you're in this space and allow Jesus to minister and meet you where you are. Because when we do that, when we're a church, when we're a community of people that acknowledge that we are imperfect, it's genuine, it's authentic, and it's real. And I don't know about you, but, but I want relationships with those kind of people. And the people that aren't here on this field with us this morning, they're looking for those relationships as well. And that's the kind of thing. Those are the kind of relationships that are going to lead to real change in our communities, in our schools, in our homes, our streets, our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. So let me pray for us, and then we'll sing a song, and, and then we got some more games and things on the field as we wrap up. God, there are some of us here today that have never acknowledged our imperfection. And God, we want to say that we're sorry. We're sorry for, for letting you down. But we know that, that you lift us up, that you make us whole, that you forgive us for that. And we receive that forgiveness now. And God, for others of us, we're, we're living that fake life, trying to look one way and being somebody completely different. Forgive us for that, God. And God, when we, when we do life with you, help us to, to be real, authentic, genuine people. And help us to make the kind of difference that you would want us to make. God, we pray all this in your name. Amen.